Hi, I'm Lauren Stibing, and welcome to this episode of the Career Success Podcast. Unconscious bias, gender pay gap, and gender parity are terms we're all familiar with, but it can all seem a bit overwhelming for one individual or even a group of individuals to take on these issues. Today, we've invited Miriam Cohen, the current president of Mars Pet Care Europe, to demonstrate how even the smallest actions can make a big difference. Welcome, Miriam. Welcome, Lauren. So yeah, I had the great pleasure of listening to you discuss the topic of authentic leadership at the LEAD event in London in late 2018. And I know you also recently wrote a book about women breaking through the glass ceiling. What inspired you to write about this topic? Well, you know, Lauren, I care about women and about helping women to break the glass ceiling, at least for three reasons. First, because I believe that being aware can help. By making this testimonial, I can drive awareness and therefore I can contribute to help women. As a woman over the last 30 years, obviously I had to cope with a lot of the obstacles that uh, we uh, as women generally face at the workplace. And when I started working, you know, I thought these gender issues at work were a question of the past. But then I discovered uh, gradually that they were, there were less and less women around me at the table. We now start to know why this is happening and we just need to work on it. The second reason also, the reason why I'm so interested in helping women is that I am a mother of three daughters and I'm very proud of them. And I would like them to evolve and grow in a world where they can achieve their professional goals, irrespective of their genders. Yeah, that would be the most important reason. Okay. And also during the, the lead event, you discussed how important your he, meaning your partner, has been to your success. This is something that I haven't discussed that much in, in the past by other successful women. Why do you think more females don't mention this? Oh, I don't know. As I explain in my book, I have a husband who has been absolutely key to my career and I would never have accomplished what I've accomplished without him. I feel it's important to, to pay this tribute to him. And by the way, he didn't consider he was helping me. Huh? He, was, he was just sharing the load, which, which makes a big, big difference. So why don't they uh, often mention it? Well, maybe, maybe that's because they still believe that superwoman exists, you know? Uh, they, they believe they don't need to ask for help and that they, they will be able to cope with all the load they have. I think it's a very important uh, notion here. We, as women, we need to stop pretending that we are superwomen and we need to accept that not such a thing as a superwoman. We need to get helped. And sometimes maybe uh, they don't mention their he because their he is not just showing the load, simply. <laughs> a lot of men don't help, so that could be a second reason. And that leads me to the, to the answer I often give when I'm asked on that question, which is that this is why it's very important to properly choose your he. Nothing is more important than choosing the person that will uh, share your life and um, will not only agree to let you become who you want to become, also do its best to help you. That would be my last point on the subject. And also, I remember someone in the audience challenging you when you stated that women are co-responsible for the glass ceiling. Can you explain what you meant by that? 
Yes, yes, I, I truly believe that women are co-responsible for the glass ceiling. What I mean by that is that, you know, neurosciences have proven that brain is biased. In most of the situations when we, we need to take a decision, our brain puts on George. It moves into an automatic mode uh, without even asking your conscious brain to make the trade-offs he has to make. And this, this is just to avoid being overloaded with all the, the hundreds and thousands of decisions, small decisions that we need to make all the time. And to be able to do that, you know, the brain simplifies things and keeps referring to what he has experienced in the past. Uh, and that creates all kinds of biases that are transmitted from generations to generations. And, and obviously, which translates into the behaviors that women and men have when they are at work. So we have different patterns that we find at work and that we can work on. As a matter of fact, in my uh, book, I have identified um, what I have called the five white goose mistakes that we can work on. So, for instance, uh, women tend to suffer from uh, over-perfectionism. You know, it's a behavior, it's, it's never good enough. We also believe that we don't have to say what we do because uh, we believe that they will notice what we do, you know. Unfortunately, at work, they do not notice. You have to say what you do. You're no longer, you know, at school where you clearly know how many points you're going to get for that exam and then it's an objective kind of measurement. You need to go and say what you are doing. Women tend not to do that. Other bias, very, very spread, to, to accept a challenge or to raise the hand for a promotion, we need to be fully ready. We need to almost master all what is needed to take the new job. And that puts us at a disadvantage versus men. There's another one that I like a lot is that it's very linked to what we were saying about the he and the sharing the load with the partners or the people you share your life with is, is, is that we're not sharing the load. This is a very, very important element. When you share the load, you are more available and when you are more available, you can do more things at work. And the second point of the discussion, which really stood out to me, is that companies have the duty to neutralize unconscious bias as well. I think it's a big statement, and it's a statement that everyone agrees with, but how can companies really achieve this? Sure. First, I want to comment on the statement. It's a statement I like to say in a very strong way, because I think that, yes, when women uh, have bias, they can work on it. It's great, but it will never be enough. Uh, I really believe that companies have the duty to neutralize the bias. Why is it a duty? It's a duty because first, the business case is clear. It's been proven, uh, and now we don't count the number of studies that have proven that when you have a high number of women in the institutes, you have better decisions, you have better innovations, you have better profit. Now the, the business case is clear and companies are here to optimize the results. So performance increase when you have diversity, and uh, obviously female diversity is one of the obvious diversity. And so then the question becomes uh, the how, which is your, your first question. And I think that here again, we've made a lot of progress, we've experienced a lot of things, and we, we more or less know what is working. So we know that organizing female networking, uh, which allow female to express their fears, to realize that they're not the only one to feel what they feel, and to organize how they can help each other. I mean, we know that this is working very well. The other element on the how is um, 
mentoring, you know, to have women work on their bias. I mean, mentoring sessions can be uh, fantastic because they can allow uh, women to better read the rules of the company and therefore uh, go beyond their bias. In the end, you know, the rule of companies have been written for by males for males. And, and that means that they would take into consideration the, the bias, the male bias, but not that much the female bias. That's why mentors can play a critical role to help women to um, identify the biases that they have and then understand how they can overcome them. The last element I would like to mention on the how is uh, the quotas. I know this one is a bit polemical and not everybody uh, agree with this. As a matter of fact, at the beginning of my career, I was deadly against it because I was still believing that it would be enough to be good. Now I know that when there are structural biases, well, rules can help. And that's why I'm now very in favor of uh, quotas. Uh, we have seen that when you put quotas, things change. The best example is the, the law that's been put in 2012 in France has radically changed the, the percentage of uh, females in boards. We moved from 17% to 42% in, le- in less than five years. It works to, to change the status quo and to, let's say, force everyone to uh, understand that uh, we need to overcome our biases and that we need to neutralize the biases that the companies uh, have without even uh, knowing it by, by definition. Well, Miriam, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope our listeners have learned some key tips on how to really help females reach their full potential. Thank you very much, Lauren.